Hello and welcome to the faculty interview, covering the latest breakthroughs, research, news and insight delivered by the world's leading academic and industry figures. In this interview, Faye McCallum discusses the central role and responsibility of education in ensuring the well-being of children and young people. McCallum offers an insight into both learner and teacher well-being, and how education can contribute to enhancing well-being outcomes for society in general. The, the concept for the book um, came about through some projects, research projects that I had undertaken um, around the whole issue of well-being in education. And so from talking to a few colleagues, uh, we came up with a conceptual uh, framework for a book that we thought covers um, some of the main issues in well-being education back in 2016-17 when this book was published. So the chapters, as you can see, um, cover things like well-being and disability, um, that was an important chapter because not very much is written about um, how we in an educa education environment actually care for and look after the well-being of um, children with disabilities and the challenges that that actually places for teachers and educators um, in that environment. There's a lot written around welfare and you know learning needs and assisted learning for children with disabilities but not around the concept of well-being. So that was an important chapter. Um, there was also a, a very important chapter in there on technology and well-being which picks up on the global issue around cyberbullying uh, and how many children are grappling with um, using technology safely and parents also struggling with um, how to support their children in a safe environment. My particular interest though is really in um, the educative environment, so the tertiary environment where we're um, preparing our student teachers, our pre-service teachers for the workforce as a teacher and how a lot of the issues that are affecting them early on post their career um, I think are having a deleterious effect on the sustainability of the teaching profession. So my particular interest is around uh, our student teachers while they're training through the program um, but also um, post-graduation when um, they're out in the workforce grappling with all of the stresses and issues um, that they're faced with on a day-to-day -day basis which has an impact um, on their personal and professional well-being. The book is uh, the bookends of the book, so the first chapter and the last chapter uh, really wanted to foreground the whole concept around well-being and what does it mean in education and that was an important beginning to the book because there is a, there's been a lot written about well-being for since probably the 50s but no really clear direction on how to define well-being in education um, so that it was an attempt to, to really struggle with that and then finishing off with um, the importance of well-being, not only for teachers, but because schools and teachers are so pivotal to a community that it's important that the whole community is part of this notion of well-being and, and actually own it. Because well-being is such an undefined and confusing area for many people, like you hear the term all the time, don't you? You're walking through the shopping mall and you see billboards everywhere and companies and businesses are all promoting well-being. It seems to be a word that has crept into many strategic plans or many business uh, visions, statements and things like that. And I think it's become a bit of a buzzword. So um, I think it's important that we try and understand, well, what do we mean by that? And that varies across the globe and it varies across different businesses. 
for example, some businesses will um, have a wellbeing policy in their workplace and they think it's about you know, providing a massage to their workers at lunchtime, um, giving them um, benefits on health care, um, making sure there's a, a basket of healthy apples in the, in the staff room. And so they, they sort of tackle wellbeing on a very sort of uh, simplistic uh, perspective. Whereas I think um, to really truly understand all the domains of well-being and how com- encompassing that is on your work, um, that it needs you, there needs to be education around it. And for example, well-being is, is um, I see exists in five different domains for a personal or a professional person. So you have a social dimension to your well-being, um, an emotional dimension, a cognitive dimension a physical dimension and a spiritual dimension. Um, and all of those aspects uh, are influenced by different stresses or factors or resources that you have or lack of resources that you have and that really does have an influence on how well you can perform as a person or in the workplace. So that's where the education part of it comes in, um, particularly uh, on a professional level. But I think the community uh, need to be aware of that, particularly for teachers because they're so pivotal to a community. You know, schools are the centre of many communities uh, and many people have a connection with a school um, so they are in a really good place to assist with the education of communities around wellbeing. So let's start with social wellbeing. So, you know, that's that's a domain that's influenced by the people we interact with and the relationships we have with people uh, and how how well or not that impacts. And we know if we, we think about terms like belonging and connectedness, we know that if people feel isolated, lonely, um, they don't feel they can fit in, they don't feel part of a group, um, then their social well-being is actually affected um, by that and I think it's really important that young people, children but even adults have a sense of connection and belonging to a place um, that influences positively their well-being because if you feel connected to a group um, you're happier uh, and you can be more productive but if you're not in that situation um, there's negative things that can impact on your daily interactions with people that, are, that aren't helpful. So in a workplace, for example, or in a school, it's really important that people learn to get on with one another, that they listen to people, um, that they can communicate back and forward um, and, and build up you know, a partnership relationship there um, or working towards a common goal. You know, that, that, that would be the ultimate. And very closely connected to that are the emotions that we feel around how we interact with other people, so we call that the emotional dimension. And if we think about school and teachers, you know, their work is very emotional and they're dealing with children and young people on a daily basis that bring many issues to the classroom today and it could be anything from mental illness uh, to poverty, uh, domestic violence, you know, a whole lot of um, societal issues that are impacting on kids' emotional development and that comes into the classroom. Teachers are trying to um, teach children to learn, to read, to write, to do maths, to have learning outcomes, um, but these sorts of emotional issues very much get in the way of learning. So we have to be at ma- learn to manage them and, and be emotionally well 
um, so that we can then cope with the actual cognitive learning aspect of our work. Uh, physical well-being I think is pretty well known um, and there's been a lot of science to actually describe uh, the physical benefits of being fit, healthy uh, and um, free of substance abuse, uh, being of a healthy weight uh, and we all know that we perform better if we are fit and healthy. So I think that's a, that's a pretty obvious domain. Um, another domain is spiritual and there are a lot of people in some of the research that I've done that actually talk about how um, having a sense of peace uh, in in what in oneself actually can impact on how well we do on a daily basis. So it's not necessarily a religious thing to have spiritual well-being. Uh, it can also be sort of an in an emotional social state um, that you can get in. Uh, that just means you you're aware of the environment um, and um, aspects on your life that just make you feel at peace and be able to cope. And for some people that's walking along the beach um, and having time out to um, be able to cope with demands of life. For other people it might be walking the dog uh, and having pets. You know, It varies for everybody. And finally the last domain is cognitive uh, well-being or you know, academic well-being um, where people who are intellectually uh, challenged in their work or study um, and achieve things and are successful in learning and doing work, reaching goals, um, they, they have a better sense of satisfaction in what they're doing. So you can see that if we have the resources to work across those five domains and we can keep some of the, the factors in balance in those five domains, we actually can have a better influence and be more productive at our work or study. I think the, the main conclusions from this publication uh, come in the last chapter, um, which I, I refer to as you know lifelong learning and how um, it's important for the longevity and the contribution that everybody can make to their part of the world, their part of society, that um, you know it's everybody's responsibility to be well. It's a personal responsibility, but it's also a collective responsibility. You know, we often talk about um, takes a village to raise a child, sort of a notion, uh, and I think well-being um, fits into that sort of analogy really well because yes, we can all take up responsibility ourselves, but we're all part of a community, and we need to look out for one another. And um, if we can do that, I think the world will be a better place.